0: <laughs> you know what he reminds me of here what in this montage he reminds me of like he's like the engineering version of Dr. House where when Dr. House was trying to <laughs> diagnose a person yeah. he would do it yeah, but just, he would like almost kill them three times first
1: yeah 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 just throw shit on the wall whatever sticks <laughs> yeah yeah
0: sarcoidosis
1: yeah. <laughs> it's never lupus <laughs>
0: Everyone, to Iron Man Already in Progress. A movie
1: we love so much, we needed two episodes to do it proper justice.
0: When we last left Mr. Stark, he was having a bit of a rough day, to say the least. Yeah,
1: just a tad. Not the best.
0: Well, at least he got himself a new toy.
1: That's true. That makes up for everything.
0: So now, once he's out of harm's way, Tony is walking around through the desert. Have you ever seen the movie Rat Race? No. There is a scene in that where Cuba Gooding Jr. is also like walking around the desert, dying of thirst. and He's just in boxer shorts with like his shirt wrapped around his head. That's what I thought of this time.
1: (laughs) I was kind of admiring his physique. He was looking good.
0: And just when we think he's going to collapse, here comes the cavalry.
1: Yes. And Rhodey shows up.
0: I do have to give Rhodes credit here. For showing up, for being an active part of the rescue team. Colonels don't do this. This is not Fair. a boots on the ground kind of thing a colonel would do. This is something he would have had to insist upon. Like, I'm going, move over.
1: Okay. All right. But one thing pissed me off was that Tony is dying. He's dehydrated. They're seeing him after months. And the first thing Rody tells him was, So, how was the fun,
0: V? That's men, yeah, I mean, that's just ugh. men that's so you could just really just chalk it up to that, and especially Hollywood has a certain idea of how people in the military talk and act, and I think mm-hmm. this is also an example of that,
1: yeah, that dark humor don't actually show your emotions kind of bullshit,
0: yeah, so Tony gets cleaned up there on the plane. And heads back to California. Gwyneth Paltrow was so good in this reunion scene.
1: Mm-hmm. I do appreciate that they that she's not overly emotional and hamming it up.
0: Yes, and this is one of those moments where I'm like, you got it right, Favreau. Good job. Just like you said, mm-hmm. she's not over the top. She's not throwing her arms around him and professing her love, but you can still see the strain just below the surface. Yeah. I really admire the restraint that she's showing in this public setting. And I think he's feeling the same emotions she is. And there's a recognition between the two of them here.
1: Mm -hmm. There's recognition, but not acknowledgement.
0: Yes. And speaking of recognition, I recognize that there are a lot of different places where an individual could obtain a cheeseburger. This is true. But Mr. Stark, (laughs) you are a billionaire and you are in California. You're seriously not even going to go to at least in and out for a burger fucking Burger King, Tony. Seriously.
1: Burger King has significance for RDJ. That's why they had that scene.
0: I do not know this.
1: RDJ has publicly thanked Burger King for helping him overcome his problems with addiction. I had such a a disgusting burger. I ordered blah, blah, blah. And I thought something really bad was going to happen. That was his lowest point.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's the worst endorsement I've ever heard for a product.
1: Well, true. But clearly Burger King was desperate enough for that. Little advertisement for Tony Stark having a Burger King. So,
0: yeah, that should be Burger King's new slogan for when you've hit rock bottom. (laughs) We're here. I did not know that.
1: Yeah, that's the reason why Burger King is in this movie. It's because that's (laughs) where he hit rock bottom and that's when he decided to change his life. And if it weren't for that, he wouldn't be Tony Stark.
0: All right, then. In that case, I can accept this. Okay. Now I somehow completely forgot that Phil Coulson is in this movie. Coulson. Totally forgot.
1: Yeah, yeah, it slipped my mind too. And then I was like, "How could I forget? It's Coulson."
0: So if Clark Gregg does return on Disney Plus or some way, that'll make that'll make it him and Paul Bettany who are actually the longest running.
1: Yeah, if he comes back, fingers crossed. I hope he does.
0: Yes, in some capacity. Hmm. yeah so colson for now is just here to introduce himself to pepper and let her know uh hey uh we kind of need to debrief your boss over at the let's see if i can get it strategic homeland intervention enforcement and logistics division i got it
1: very good
0: i'm proud A of myself. Plus to you <laughs> Forgot my wedding anniversary, but can remember what S.H.I.E.L.D. stands for. Good job, nerd.
1: It's all about the priorities, and you have them right. I've said it before, says the chronically single woman.
0: <laughs> for now, Pepper's just brushing him off, and Phil's biding his time, because they have a press conference to get to. Tony is quite eager to speak to the media.
1: Yes, and to be fair, Pepper doesn't exactly know the circumstances of Tony's escape either. At this point.
0: True. So Tony heads for this press conference with his burger. And mm-hmm. again, here we see, and it's it's great deliveries by Downey. He glosses over it. He's kind of flippant about it, that he never yeah. got to say goodbye to his father.
1: Correct. But it has a lot of meaning.
0: It really does. Especially because we know they didn't leave things on the best terms in that moment.
1: Right. And he does a little bit of you know toning if you will and he announces that stock industries will no longer be manufacturing weapons
0: and you know I think I have a greater appreciation in this last year of what an insane thing to do this was
1: okay why specifically in the last year
0: I guess because having. So many of us this last year, we've had more time on our hands. We were more engaged in a presidential election than we ever have been. And we're paying more attention to the machinations of like the stock market and macroeconomics and how something seemingly innocuous in one sector of the economy or the world affects another. So I had a greater appreciation for all of the workings of this decision, like, okay, yeah, this is a great thing. It's a great moral thing. Like proud of you, Tony, for, for stopping these arms manufacturer. But at the same time, I'm thinking, oh God, how many people is this going to put out of work? Mm-hmm. How many families are going to be ruined by this? Because, you know, is he going to provide alternate job training for people that are losing their jobs? How is he going to restructure? How is this going to affect the stock market as a whole, how will this affect foreign policy? Like, it just made me think so much more of the aftershocks of it. So part of me understood a little bit more. I mean, we know he's the main villain of the movie, but part of me understood more where Obadiah was coming from in that. Like, Tony doesn't appreciate everything that goes into this. He, he doesn't get it. He's laser focused right now on just doing the right moral thing, which is admirable. But He also doesn't fully appreciate everything that all of the waves that this decision will cause.
1: And that goes to, again, show the way he has been sheltered. It's not so much as he doesn't appreciate, so much as I think he doesn't even realize it.
0: Oh, you're right. Yeah, most people who are super sheltered like that or privileged aren't aware of it.
1: Yeah, like he won't be thinking about the fact that all those people will probably lose their jobs. In his mind, he probably thought, okay, whatever it is I do next, they will just do that.
0: Yeah, Tony's a big idea man. He's not a detail man when it comes to Correct. this sort of thing. He's a, he's a detail guy when it comes to his work, but that's it.
1: Yeah, he knows what he's good at and that's all he bothers to know about. And Obadiah is right that you can't just make a decision like that without consulting anyone. And yes. to be fair, from a business perspective, they say later on that Obadiah and Tony are the majority shareholders. So yes, they can railroad the rest of the the shareholders and make this major change, but he still needs Obadiah's share in order to do that. Right. All Obadiah has to do is say no, and that's it. They'll still continue doing what they need to do.
0: Right. And, you know, it's funny, we, we talk about Tony being so charismatic and charming. He's a lousy businessman, but he's also a lousy politician.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the reasons why we like him.
0: Yes, because he has the charm and the veneer that so many politicians have, but he has the conscience.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And that's the reason why so many of us are willing to forgive his other transgressions, because Once he realizes his mistake, he corrects it.
0: Yes. I have to give him credit for how quickly he makes that turnaround.
1: Mm -hmm. And one thing that really struck me was that he said that.
0: And I saw that I had become part of a system that is comfortable with zero accountability.
1: And he's realizing that things have been playing out in his favor and he hasn't questioned it till now. And he's realized that because things have been so easy, it has been played in such a way that it's actually harming the people he wanted to protect.
0: Yeah. And, you know, we spoke of restraint a few minutes ago in that reunion scene. I think we even Mm -hmm. I think we see even more restraint here from Obadiah as he tries to smooth things over, because in this moment, I'm fairly certain he wants to um, pop Tony's head right off of his shoulders.
1: Yeah, he he looks like he wants to strangle him. Yes. Right there and then.
0: I'm fairly certain he could easily just take off his suspenders and remove Tony's head from his body with them. somehow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, he could if he wanted to. And Tony was pretty banged up at the time. He absolutely could.
0: Yeah. And right after this press conference, when they're by themselves and... Tony shows Obadiah the reactor in his chest. You can practically see the dollar signs flashing in Obi's eyes.
1: Yeah. And again, he tries to cover him, him up so that nobody else sees it and nobody else gets the idea to replicate it.
0: Mm-hmm. And this is where we first really see Jeff Bridges in these very subtle moments where he uses his size To subtly intimidate people. The neck grab. Yeah. Correct. That is such a fucking like cigar chomping Harvey Weinstein move. (laughs) But that means you've done your job, Jeff Bridges. You've done your job.
1: Absolutely. He is an intimidating presence. He's a fantastic actor.
0: He's even scarier, bald. That's what really puts it over the top for me.
1: Yeah, true. Yes. And it goes to show that he's done this before, like the way that they're behaving the body language. For Tony, this isn't something that is new. Yes. It's quite possible that Obadiah has done this before, has put his arm around him. To Tony, it may seem like he's doing this as a comforting or like a fatherly gesture. Mm -hmm. But in Obadiah's mind, he's He's trying to intimidate him.
0: So we head back to Tony's house. And God, oh God, why do we have to be watching Mad Money with Jim Cramer? Yeah, I have
1: a question over here. Is that an actual show? Yeah. And does this guy actually scream like that?
0: He did. Yeah, he hasn't been on the air for a long time. Uh, he He made some very poor recommendations, we'll just say, and was fired.
1: So hold on. A guy screaming like that, like a lunatic, people actually took financial advice from him?
0: <laughs> Amy, our president told people to drink bleach. Do you really think it's that crazy that people would have taken advice from Jeff Kramer, financial advice?
1: Look, Come I on. mean, I know that the Wall Street bets thing is a whole different thing going on, but people actually listen to a guy like that? Yeah. For stock
0: advice? Yeah. Amy, he's a white guy who claims to know stuff about money, who's on TV. It must be some sort of authority. Yes. It's the <sighs> same reason people listen to fucking Dr. Phil still.
1: I worry sometimes. I really worry. You should. So, yeah, apparently this screaming lunatic is telling everybody to sell stock industry stocks, which will definitely
0: lead to the stocks falling. Yeah, this is why Jim Graber was fired. He had no idea what he was talking about. Pepper is just minding her own business, trying to salvage this company that is now on fire, you know, doing her job. Yeah, and trying to
1: salvage her hearing from that screamy guy.
0: Yeah, and doing Tony's job on top of her own, as she's been doing for a number of years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Tony requests her presence downstairs.
1: Yes, he needs her small hands.
0: This is one of the best scenes in the movie. <laughs> Even though yeah. it makes me cringe and it's super gross, it is so well done.
1: Yeah, it is. It's well done. It's a very important character moment for both of them.
0: Yes. And I just want to say, for the record, I would not do this for my husband.
1: I'm sure he'd be very happy to hear that.
0: <laughs> hey, he told me. <laughs> it's only fair. He told our cat that he's not going to give her insulin shots. If she gets diabetes, he said, I wouldn't do that for mommy. So I'm not going to do that for you. <laughs> Solid marriage we have. Yep. That's right. Eleven. Years, 20, yeah. Nine years.
1: <laughs> you get three years wrong. <laughs> yep.
0: Yep. I, I'm the
1: last person to comment on anyone's marriage. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: So basically, Tony's got himself into a little pickle here.
1: Mm hmm. He needs to upgrade his core and he obviously can't do it himself because digging into your own chest, you know, it's difficult and you can't really see what's happening inside. Fair enough. So he needs Pepper to basically pull out the core and put in another one.
0: Yeah, I think after this movie came out, a lot of personal assistants started reviewing their job descriptions just to make sure this wasn't listed under official duties.
1: I will say this though that the CG of her putting her hand inside his chest is very well done. It looks
0: very real. It's so gross.
1: Well, it's kind of yeah. I mean, I suppose putting your hand in someone's chest is gross, but it's it's done very well. And especially when we see the behind the scenes, it's basically just a green little piece of cloth on his chest, and they did everything else with it. Very well done. And so, yeah, so she digs in, pulls out that little magnet that she wasn't supposed to. Yeah. And kind of gives him a mini heart attack. And she manages to get a handful of pus. No, not pus. Goop. Yeah. We'll call, we'll call it, yeah. This was the origins of the name Goop.
0: Yeah. Fuck you, John Favreau. You're the reason. God. <laughs> Now, everything goes well here. You know, she she does the replacement. But if I'm her, I'm smacking the shit out of Tony once that thing's in there.
1: Uh, She probably wouldn't want to do that because smacking him with all that goop on her hands would just spread it all around and it's smelly and it's just messy, you know.
0: I think his plan was, I need her to do this and I can't give her time to think about it.
1: Yeah, essentially. Yeah, he was trying to railroad her. Into,
0: just do it, just do it, just do it. All right, so now that Tony's all tuned up. I do
1: like the line that she tells him that I'm never going to do this again for you, or something along those lines. And he says, I don't have anybody else. Yeah. And that is the first time we see him actually acknowledging that he is a very lonely guy.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: He's not alone by any standards, but he's lonely.
0: Yeah, and I think this is the first time he's realizing the difference between being alone and being lonely. Yeah. So now that Tony's all tuned up and ready to go, he's meeting up with Rhodey over at the hangar. So Rhodey is still trying to grapple with what Tony has done as far as Stark Industries goes because Rhodey is the Air Force liaison to the company. So this impacts his job, too. Yes,
1: absolutely. His job is basically to get the weapons and if the weapons aren't coming, he's in trouble.
0: So he's caught here between being a friend and being a military officer. And while I understand it is difficult to reconcile these two things, the way he handles this makes him a really shitty, unfeeling friend. Yeah. And this is why we don't like Terrence Howard's version of Rhodes.
1: Yeah, this is the point where it could have gone either way. He could have been an understanding friend, but constrained by his job. Instead, he went with, you're not that important to me now that I don't get what I want from you.
0: Right. As if to say you were just a means to an end.
1: Yes. I think, yes, that's Terrence Howard's interpretation of the character. But I also think it's intentional in order to make it seem like Tony is more isolated.
0: Could be. Yeah.
1: So at first we do see that Rhodey is interested when Tony tells him he has this whole other plan and this idea. And then the minute he realizes that it's not for the military, he loses interest.
0: Right. So Tony heads back to his lab to start designing his new suit while simultaneously the Ten Rings are scouring the desert looking to collect pieces of Tony's original suit that he used to escape the cave.
1: Right. And this whole montage that we get is it's fantastic. I I love every moment of it.
0: Especially one of your favorite characters.
1: By far, my most favorite character in the MCU <laughs> is that robot arm puppy. It is amazing. And props to the CGI department and rdj for giving this essentially an arm so much character and personality and rdj to react to this essentially non-existent arm at that time and have chemistry with it it's ridiculous
0: yeah it's just a testament to his talents that we feel such a connection with dummy yeah (laughs) and we even feel sorry for dummy
1: Yes, we do. And they purposely do use certain noises in order to give him that, give it that personality.
0: Oh, yes. There are a number of times in this montage where Dummy sounds like my nearly two-year-old husky border collie mix when she's disappointed.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and I do love the the testing scenario, especially when... The first test, he just goes slam straight into the ceiling.
0: (laughs) You know what he reminds me of here? What? In this montage, he reminds me of like, he's like the engineering version of Dr. House, where when Dr. House was trying to diagnose a person, (laughs) he would do it, but he would like almost kill them three times first.
1: Yeah. 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 Just throw shit on the wall, whatever sticks.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sarcoidosis. (laughs) Sarcoidosis.
1: it's never lupus (laughs) (laughs) this scene was the scene that made me fall in love with this movie and the mcu as a whole after that the one where he just slams himself in the in the ceiling i don't know why but it is one of my most favorite scenes
0: it's it's cartoonish but it also Mm -hmm. makes tony look human And it shows he makes mistakes, but it also shows what an incredibly hard worker he is. You can say a lot of things about Tony Stark. You can call him a lot of things. Lazy is not one of them.
1: Absolutely. Yes. And I was actually amazed at the CGI on how they did it. Yeah. It was seamless.
0: So Obi stops by. He's wearing his best people mask.
1: Yeah, I agree. He's doing a good job being convincing.
0: Yeah. So he's there to tell Tony that the board of directors of Stark Industries wants to lock him out, claiming that he is mentally unstable, that he has PTSD after his ordeal in captivity. Mm -hmm. And it's understandable that Tony is super frustrated here. Like, for once in my life, I'm trying to do the right, mature, responsible thing, and they won't let me.
1: Yeah. And again, it goes to show that... He just doesn't know how things work. He -hmm. just wants to do things his way.
0: Yeah, you're right. He really doesn't understand that there are steps that have to be taken. This could have been done. He could have made this decision in a properly structured plan over time Mm -hmm. to phase out weapons and to phase in something else. But Tony is a bull in a china shop. Yeah. And he's an all or nothing guy. And he didn't know any other way to do this. And also he was so horrified by what he saw. He's like, no, immediately has to stop. Shut it down.
1: Yeah. And I see where he's coming from, because in a lot of situations like this, when you say, "Okay, I'm going to compromise and I'm going to do this gradually. Everyone else has vested interest in keeping the weapons program alive. You're right. They would eventually try to wear him down or over time people. Human human beings have a tendency to say, oh, "Okay, it wasn't all that bad." It, it's kind of like what we're going through right now. We're going through COVID fatigue. Earlier, it was like you have to be so vigilant and do this and do that. And after a point, people are just living with it, and yeah. it, you're you're tired.
0: Realistically, the way Tony did this was actually probably the only way to do it.
1: Yeah, it's the only way it would have happened. Otherwise, eventually it just would have been like, oh, okay, yeah, sure, that was an idea once once.
0: And we also see here that Tony is getting a little more astute in judging character. He does not fully trust Obadiah because he won't let him in on the new suit.
1: Yeah, at this point, I think he doesn't trust anyone except Peppa.
0: Yeah. It's gonna take more than pizza to get you in there, buddy.
1: I will say this though the pep the pizza looked really dry.
0: It did, yeah. Well, it was probably cold too.
1: Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't want any of that. Probably the reason why Obi gave it to Tony in the first place. Here, have another slice.
0: Yeah, it's shit. I have my leftovers. Here you go. <laughs> and I also love all of Tony's different threats to Dummy. Yes. <laughs> he's very inventive and i have to wonder like how many different threats and insults rdj went through they probably just let him go a little bit with it you know
1: yeah i think so there's a lot of improv over there
0: and this is what i mean this is one of those moments when he comes down and he sees that dummy is about to dose him with the fire extinguisher again (laughs) Uh 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 uh, <laughs> yeah. He points that finger. I swear to God, yeah. it just hit me so hard. That is the same reaction I have when I see my little gremlin getting the crazy eye. When I can <laughs> see the change, the switch that's about to go off, and she's about to start jumping all over the couch and losing her mind. That's the mm-hmm. same reaction I have.
1: Yeah, it's fantastic. Robot arm puppy is the best character ever.
0: Yes. So with dummy's help, Tony finally gets his first suit put together in online and takes his first flight.
1: Second suit.
0: His first real suit.
1: No, he names it Mark II.
0: Eh, tomato, tomato. I don't consider the first one a real Iron Man suit.
1: It's the prototype. Yeah. So, yes, he does take his first flight because sometimes you've got to run before you can walk.
0: Yeah. And again, you know, we said before, Tony is an all or nothing kind of guy to a fault Mm -hmm. because, yes, this is amazing. It's hilarious. But Jesus, this is beyond reckless. It is.
1: But the danger would have still been there because we can see clearly he's still trying to maneuver. He doesn't know how to handle the suit.
0: Right. Maybe maybe he should have like gone to a gym first, Tony and You know, in a large, maybe an airplane hangar. Test things out there. We don't need to nearly go into space our first time out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) If he hadn't done that, he wouldn't have realized the icing problem.
0: Yes. He's essentially a boy with a new toy here.
1: Yeah, essentially. And it is super fun to do that. Yeah. To see that.
0: Yeah. This is why kids always read the instruction manual first.
1: Ah, fuck the instruction manuals. (laughs) I'm with Tony on this one.
0: Tony's lucky he didn't shoot his eye out. Hey, stop being such a mom. Hey, you're talking to the woman who first spent five minutes yesterday reading the instruction manual before using her new hard-boiled egg cooker. (laughs) I
1: am officially ashamed to be your friend, (laughs)
0: So I think the best part of this sequence, though, has nothing to do with the flight and everything to do with the landing.
1: Yes, I'm still processing your last comment, actually. (laughs) Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, this is the one year anniversary of the podcast starting and ending.
0: (laughs) And your job is my tech support.
1: Yes, yes. I cannot make eye contact with anyone else right now. It's just it's too much. Yes, the landing is fantastic. He thinks he's going to land on the <laughs> high, on the roof and he goes straight down, destroying some of his nice cars. That I yeah. felt bad about.
0: All the way to the basement.
1: Yes. And Robot Puppy Arm is, of course, there, ready to douse him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I had to say, you know what, Tony? You had that coming. I'm on dummy's side on that one.
1: Yeah, yeah, because for all the shit that he gave Robot Puppy Arm, he had to get his revenge some way.
0: Yeah. And, you know, we talk a lot about the trauma in the MCU, what Tony's gone mm-hmm. through and Steve and God, Bucky and, and Wanda, how they've suffered. Can we talk about the trauma that Tony's house endures? This poor goddamn house suffers yeah. more than anyone.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it does. It God. Does. Well, at least he has the money to repair it. So that's good. Yeah. I am very heartbroken about the cars though.
0: He of course cinched you are. them
1: and then he crashed into them.
0: So then Tony finds a present waiting for him on his desk. It gets me every goddamn time now. <laughs> Damn you, Marvel.
1: Yeah, yeah. Marvel is good at that, aren't they?
0: I'm still dealing with WandaVision. I'm potentially and we'll know by the time we release this on April 4th, I'm potentially getting ready for Steve's funeral. And I now have to deal with proof that Tony Stark has art. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is also a really good plant, actually. Like, the best plants in a movie are things you don't realize are plants.
1: Yeah, it seems like just a simple emotional moment. But it's so much more than that.
0: Yeah. And you know what? All of this made me realize I miss a lot. Even though it's been a Mm -hmm. while, even though it's been since Age of Ultron, I do miss Jarvis.
1: Yeah, yeah, he he was very sassy. I like that about him.
0: I literally have in my notes. I miss sassy Jarvis. (laughs) While Tony is admiring uh, his new present, the Ten Rings are attempting to duplicate Tony's suit out in the desert.
1: Yeah, and all of them combined are not being able to figure it out.
0: Yeah, they do a good job of reminding us that the terrorists are still in play, you know?
1: Yeah, although I really do wish that they would have given the head honcho something to do besides just twirling his ring.
0: Yes, I think they gave him the ring because he didn't have a mustache.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's fair.
0: And now... It's time to go to a party.
1: Yeah, so Tony wasn't invited to his own party. Yeah. And the best thing that he could figure out to do was to crash it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's a logical choice.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah.
0: You know, when he does
1: go to the party and he gets out of the car and the valet is there, I had this one brief moment of panic where when he gets out of the car and he's so close to the valet to give him the keys I was like he's not wearing a mask
0: (laughs) I have had those moments too watching things recently yep
1: it's like oh my god what's happening to me
0: it's like that nightmare I had a few months ago do you remember you asked me what it was about and I was like yeah there were just people in my house yeah (laughs) they they didn't have masks on I didn't know them and they were just in my house
1: yeah, yeah. The
0: new, the new brand of nightmare in 2021.
1: Yes, I think there will perpetually be a pre COVID and post COVID way of processing the world now. Yes,
0: for sure. And so we get our first MCU Stan Lee cameo here. His little cameo is Hugh Hefner. Yes. Not one of my favorites. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, this one, I'm like, eh, I could just take it or leave it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it makes sense.
0: Yeah, it's no Tony Stank, I'll tell you that.
1: <laughs> so Tony goes in and he is trying to avoid Colson, who is kind of like a dog with bone, isn't he?
0: <laughs> yes, he is.
1: <laughs> I must say he's a very patient guy in this movie.
0: Yeah, I would say he's like a lab. Mm-hmm. That's what I would give if Colson were a dog. Okay. He's patient, he's calm, he's loyal. Right. Now, Coulson's still trying to debrief Tony, so he's happy to see him. Meantime, Obadiah is not.
1: Yes, but at the same time, Tony is interested in debriefing someone else.
0: Indeed. I don't think he realizes at first it's Pepper. It takes him a minute.
1: Yeah, yeah. He sees her back and he immediately is interested only to realize, oh.
0: Yeah, that is a gorgeous dress that she's wearing.
1: It is, yes.
0: I was extra jealous because I'm like, oh man, that's a color I can actually wear.
1: <laughs> There's so few. I ones. was not a fan of the hair, though.
0: No, I've I've never been a fan of her as a redhead in general. Mm-hmm. No, nah, she her her natural color is much better. Yeah. No,
1: even the fringe look doesn't work for me.
0: Yeah. This is the moment for Tony where he really fully understands that he's completely in love with her
1: yeah and the chemistry is fantastic
0: yeah and it's a common trope yes but I think it works very well here that it took a serious trauma being kidnapped and almost dying to wake up and realize how he felt about her and like it's a common trope because it's true this is the kind of impact that trauma can have on somebody's life
1: true and I also think that. There's another trope in play over here of the ugly duckling suddenly turning into the beautiful swan. All this time we've seen Pepper in serious, although, you know, looking fairly attractive, but business attire. And this is the first time we see her literally and metaphorically letting her hair down. Hmm. And for Tony, I think he knew he had feelings for her. But he didn't want to look at her in that way till this moment.
0: Yeah, because he knows he can't live without her. Right. And he, know, he knows that if he had sexualized her in his mind, he wouldn't have been able to continue working with her in that way. It was a defense mechanism.
1: Yeah, but in this case, he couldn't deny it anymore.
0: Yeah. So he asks her to dance.
1: Yep. And she's quite uncomfortable with it.
0: This is also one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Mm-hmm. for a number of reasons i think it's super relatable for a lot of women in that she's freaking out like you don't understand i'm a woman i work for you closely every day you're my boss like do you not understand how everyone is looking at me right now
1: yeah that's true she has a point and he will not understand that yeah
0: no no and i also love the fact that she admits she forgot to put deodorant on <laughs> we've all had that moment where we're in the car on the way to subtle's oh fuck yeah yeah and then that just <laughs> it just makes us more nervous like if only we just mm-hmm. hadn't even realized it we would have been okay
1: yeah and then that makes you more sweaty and then uh-huh. it's all a chain reaction
0: yes it's amazing the dynamics of this, because these are two people who literally live in the same world. She works by his side every day. Nonetheless, they also simultaneously occupy two different worlds as female employee and male boss.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's more apparent because for Tony, he has never worked for someone else. He doesn't understand office politics in that way at all.
0: Right, and that's why I can give him a break on this, because it's not something he's doing on purpose. He really just has had no experience with it. Yeah. So things are getting a little heated here, and they both agree, yeah, yeah, we need a drink. (laughs) So Tony heads over to the bar, and I think this scene is also indicative of the changes Tony's made in his life. Pre-cave, Tony wouldn't have batted an eye about this. He doesn't remember Christine's name. He wouldn't have cared. He would have made more flippant jokes. But post-Cave, we actually see him wince. We see a little shame on his face for not remembering Christine's name.
1: Yeah. And it also seems like kind of like a blast from the past for him, because that's like a whole different lifetime.
0: Yes. Yeah. And it has been a fair amount of time, too.
1: Yeah, it's been a couple of months. So in terms of sheer time going by, it's not too much. But his experiences have changed him. Right. It's almost like a lifetime of experiences within like three or four months.
0: Yeah. So she is pissed because she's got some pictures that indicate Tony's weapons are still finding their way into the hands of terrorists.
1: Yeah. And again, she is the connection to the real world, because again, he saw the real world. He wanted to change things. And he again ended up going back into his cocoon with the Iron Man suit. Right. So she made him realize that just because you announced something doesn't mean it's happening.
0: And it hits Tony extra hard, too, because the village this is taking place in, she says it's Golmira. That was Yinsen's hometown.
1: Yes. So it's extra impactful for him and knowing full well that it is the same terrorists doing this again.
0: And uh forgetting about poor Pepper waiting for him up on the roof.
1: Yeah, yeah. But then she's probably used to that kind of behavior from him.
0: Yeah. Tony heads straight out to deal with this situation and runs into Obadiah and was like, dude, what the fuck's going on?
1: Right. And that's when he realizes obadiah is not what he seems to be
0: yes obi is the one who locked tony out of the board ostensibly to protect you tony Mm -hmm. although he's letting that facade slip a little bit here
1: yeah it was smart for obadiah to do this in front of the press when tony went and confronted him Obi was speaking to someone, but he said, okay, come here, come here, let's take a picture. And while the press is taking a picture, he dropped his bomb, knowing that Tony would not be able to react the way he wanted to.
0: Right. Again, master manipulator.
1: Yeah. It's almost like breaking up with someone in a crowded restaurant so that they don't make a scene.
0: Very true. So Tony is just sick About what's happening in Golmira. And he makes the decision right away. He's going to take care of this problem himself.
1: Yeah. He does take a little bit of time to wallow. He's pissed off. But he decides if he needs to do something, he needs to take matters into his own hands.
0: And that's when we get the first big suit up. Yes. Oh, it's awesome. Awesome. It is absolutely awesome. Always will be,
1: yep, this is one of those again iconic moments that that's always impactful,
0: so Tony makes a beeline for Gomira where innocent people in this village are being rounded up by the ten rings, and Tony prevents a slaughter,
1: yeah, he very efficiently and effectively manages to get rid of all the terrorists without harming any civilians
0: and he leaves the one terrorist the victims to deal with themselves yes and my first thought here was desert justice like frontier justice <laughs> at which point i thought krista you have got to get out of texas <laughs> it's happening soon i don't know exactly when but by october i will be the fuck out of here it can't come congratulations soon thank you
1: <laughs> And just as he is taking off, an anti-aircraft missile hits him. And once he hits the ground, the tank decides to shoot at him again. And in retaliation, he sends a very tiny little ping to that tank and just walks away. Yep. And that huge explosion and he's walking away like a fucking badass is, again, one of my other favorite Scenes of the movie.
0: Yep. So, Tony's pretty happy with the way things went. Time to head home. Except, Mm -hmm. whoops, that's right. You're an aircraft, an unfamiliar one, in a place it shouldn't be. There's consequences for that. Yeah. And the U.S. Air Force is about to blow Tony out of the sky. (laughs) This is something he didn't really think through.
1: No, and... To be fair, that is how scientists work, trial and error.
0: Yeah, but they're usually a little more cautious.
1: Well, yeah, that's because Tony is, well, Tony, he thinks he knows best.
0: Yeah, and this is pretty funny. Tony's fast talking with Rhodes on the phone, trying to talk his way out of this.
1: Yeah, without actually telling him what it is and where he is. Till he reaches a point where, okay, if I don't say what's going on, I'm going to die.
0: Yes, and Rhodes is also doing his own double speak here because he's complicit in this, he realizes. And he's trying to play both sides of the situation to cover his own ass.
1: Well, till that moment, he wasn't complicit. He had no clue what was going on.
0: Put put it this way, based on the duties and obligations of his job, you could argue it, that he's at least going to be in some deep shit. So here's another moment. Have a shot, everybody, where James Rhodes should be court-martialed. Enjoy. (laughs) So one of the pilots is forced to eject because of Tony's grandstanding here. And yeah, Tony, yeah, you better save him.
1: Yeah, so his chute wasn't opening, but Tony went down, helped him, saved his life. And it was all chalked up to a training exercise gone wrong.
0: Of course. And that guy (laughs) who was forced to eject, he will never pay for a drink the rest of his life. (laughs) Okay. He will be dining out on that story for eternity. Mm -hmm. In this watch, this one also scared me after this last year of, how many times have we heard this in real life that something was just... in training exercise that was a mistake how much do we actually know and that's part of the point i know is how much of what we think we know is actually the truth
1: yeah true that's i, I agree with you 100 percent.
0: yeah it's it's more than a little terrifying it is yeah so uh, when roadie's making this little press announcement here we have obi watching things unfolding god Is there anybody who can look that menacing just sitting on their couch in a bathrobe?
1: Yeah, I know. Right. That's, that's, that's his power.
0: Like maybe Alan Rickman. I don't know. (laughs) RIP.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Jeff Bridges did a wonderful job. He doesn't say too much, but his expressions are good enough to.
0: Yeah. And his physicality. He doesn't have to say much.
1: Yeah, Absolutely.
0: So Tony gets back to the house to a furious assistant. Furious and very confused. Yeah, I love this line. It's one of my favorites in the movie. This isn't the worst thing you've caught me doing. Yeah, well, he kind of has
1: a point. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) I mean, we did
1: discuss this briefly that she's kind of bringing that chick's laundry. So who knows what she's seen?
0: This is true. So while these two are getting into it, there's a meeting going on. In the desert. And we discover that Obadiah is the one who actually orchestrated Tony's abduction to begin with. Yes. Did you see this coming the first time you saw the movie? I didn't. Yeah, I didn't either. That makes me feel better because I am notoriously oblivious about these things. So knowing that Uh you didn't see it either makes me feel better about myself.
1: (laughs) Okay. I don't think I did either. I mean, I knew he was the bad guy. But I didn't think he was the reason why he got abducted. I thought he got abducted because he was Tony Stark.
0: Right. And yeah, that's the interesting twist is that they had no idea it was Tony.
1: Yeah. Only when they got him, they realized who he is and got pissed off that Obadiah tried to trick them.
0: Yeah, and like tried to lowball them, basically. Yeah. And Obi's pissed because they were also supposed to kill him. Yep. What really got me here is how naive these terrorists are. Like, guys, there's no honor among thieves. They actually thought Obadiah was going to do honest business with them.
1: From the terrorist perspective, they would think that Obadiah would want to do honest business with them. Because if you look at it, They are giving Obi something that is valuable. They're giving him the first Iron Man suit. They saw firsthand just how destructive it was.
0: Right. But what they don't understand is now that they've given him this thing, he can take it back and duplicate it. He has the resources. They're just they're useless now. He doesn't need them anymore.
1: Yeah, that's the point. They wanted to give it to him so that he can duplicate it and sell it back to them as a fully functioning unit so that they can continue doing what they want to do as business as usual.
0: Silly terror.
1: (laughs) But Obadiah has other plans. He is covering his ass, basically, at this point.
0: Yeah. So back in the lab, Tony and Pepper really getting into it. I get where she's coming from. She can't watch him destroy himself.
1: Yeah, I agree. I understand where she's coming from and I also understand where he's coming from and why he would lash out at her the way he did.
0: Yeah, he's absolutely right here. He calls her out the way Christine did with him. He's like, I'm doing the right thing. He's like, you were by my side all those years when I was making weapons that were causing so much destruction. And now I'm doing the right thing and you won't support me. I get it. Yeah,
1: true. And in a way, you could say that she is more complicit because she knows what's happening in the business.
0: Yep, you're absolutely right. And this line here, it's so simple and it doesn't seem like it's a big deal. But for Tony Stark to say, and you can see him, Downey is so good here. You see him just wince a little bit when he says, I know in my heart that it's right. That is not an easy thing for him to say. Yeah,
1: yeah. This is the first time he is laying the cards on the table, being 100% vulnerable to someone else.
0: And Pepper understands that about him, that that's what she's seeing in this moment. And that's why she agrees to help him.
1: Yeah. Not because he's her boss or she's duty-bound or she's in love with him. It's because she knows he believes 100% in what he's doing.
0: Yeah. And I got to give Pepper credit too. That woman has serious guts.
1: Yeah, she does something that a lot of people would be shitting their pants to do.
0: Yes, and that is going into headquarters and hacking into, why am I the one saying this? <laughs> I was waiting
1: for you to pass it on to me. Go and ahead. I was also waiting to Correct say me. that yeah. hacking is a bit of a strong yeah. Go ahead. term yeah. for what, what happens. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. First off, I will explain the situation and then I will rant about it.
0: <laughs> I would expect nothing less.
1: So she takes this.
0: Oh my God, Amy. I literally have it. I didn't realize in my notes. I put pepper hacking and stealing files, period. Calm down, Amy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she takes this tiny little flash drive. Plugs it in and takes all the files from the server. And she discovers that the terrorists had sent a video to Obadiah that you told us to kill a prince for pennies. And that's when she realizes that Obadiah was the one who wanted Tony dead. Now, situation explained. Here's the kicker. Number one, you cannot just hack into a place that deals with government-connected, military-connected weapons and be able to hack into it in, like, five seconds. Two, the amount of data on servers will not fit in that fucking tiddly-piddly little flash drive.
0: Oh, tiddly-piddly, you're pissed now. (laughs) Yes.
1: (laughs) And three, you do not switch on a screensaver like that.
0: (gasps) Okay. You done?
1: For now, yes.
0: <laughs> so no matter how many times I see this movie, I still jump every time Obadiah walks into that room. hmm He is terrifying in this scene.
1: Yeah, he is. He is, yes.
0: Now, I said before that Jeff Bridges gives me Harvey Weinstein vibes in this movie with the cigar and the suspenders and all the neck-grabbing and glad-handing, that kind of physicality. Mm-hmm. I wonder how Gwyneth Paltrow felt about this scene, because as we all know now, she has her own awful history with Harvey Weinstein, you know? So, right, and so many women have experienced a moment like this. I know I have, where we're cornered by a man or God forbid, multiple men, and we can feel the energy shifting and know mm-hmm. this is not a good situation. I need to get out of here.
1: Yeah. And she still keeps her cool and does what she's supposed to do and gets out of there.
0: Yeah. Both of them have such a presence in this scene because I admire Pepper so much because you can really sense that fear in Paltrow. Mm -hmm. And both of them have these emotions just bubbling under the surface.
1: Yeah. Brilliantly played by both of
0: them. Mm -hmm. and it's funny obi says something here and he's right tony did leave a part of himself in that cave yep he left the worst part of himself in that cave
1: yeah and obadiah just hates that
0: yeah he also doesn't understand it true yeah he doesn't understand empathy compassion conscience any of it
1: Mm -hmm. yeah
0: unfortunately though pepper's little charade did not fool him and she does know She's in danger. Enter again, Phil Colson.
1: Yes, he is there to save the day.
0: So, yeah, Pepper's trying to round up the troops there with Colson. Meanwhile, Obi heads over to the Stark Industry Labs, where we meet Peter Billingsley, little Ralphie Mm -hmm. from A Christmas Story. (laughs) He's one of the scientists here. And if you remember in Far From Home, He is that same scientist
1: yeah yeah that's a nice callback too
0: it really is he's trying to replicate the core and can't do it and that's when we get that incredible thunderous line from jeff bridges tony stark was able to build this in a cave with a box of scraps
1: yeah that is fantastic it and is. the way he just looms over this guy.
0: Mm-hmm. Hulking, you know? Yep. Mm-hmm. And Billingsley just has a great comeback. He doesn't get upset. He just stays nice and calm and says matter-of-factly sorry, I'm not Tony Stark. Yeah. Truer words have never been spoken.
1: True. And that's when Obadiah decides enough is enough. He's going to take matters into his own
0: hands. Yeah, that scientist. I don't think he even ever gets a name. He's lucky that Obadiah didn't strangle him just out of sheer rage right then and there.
1: (laughs) He could (laughs) have. How long do you think it must have taken him to write out his resignation letter after that? (laughs) Because when we do come back to the same space, nobody's there. It's probably like a mass walkout at that time.
0: Yeah. So Obadiah heads straight to Tony's house This will never not freak me the fuck out. (laughs) You know how I feel about veins. Yep. I don't know how they film this. It's CG. I know, but like, I don't know. I don't know how they do it. It looked so real, this neurological device that Obi uses on Tony. And it literally just looks like his life force is draining away.
1: Yeah. His ears are bleeding and he's getting paler it's It's well done. The paleness, I think, was a bit weird, but besides that, the veins and all were done really, really well.
0: well, I mean, I think the paleness works because that's the blood draining out of his face, you know,
1: yeah, true.
0: so I that that's something that could so easily look cartoonish or just true poorly done in general, but they really took the time to make it look realistic, and the scene is better for it. There's more of an emotional impact when it looks real.
1: Absolutely. Because if it didn't, it would distract from what's actually happening.
0: Right. So Obi removes the core from Tony's chest and that look on his face that he is just delighting in watching Tony slowly die.
1: Yeah, because he's been wanting that for so long.
0: Yeah, absolutely chilling.
1: Yeah. And he's finally just let go of all his pretenses.
0: Yes. Taking that, that people mask off. It was getting damn itchy under that thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's almost like he's freeing himself at this point. Oh, absolutely. When he's killing Tony.
0: Yeah. yeah. And credit to RDJ here. He doesn't say a word, but says so much with his eyes. Yeah. Especially when Obi says he's about to have pepper killed.
1: Yep. That's the moment, again, almost seems like Tony doesn't know what to do. He's giving up. And then when Obadiah says this line about probably killing Pepper, that's when you can see that spark coming Mm -hmm. back, that he knows he has to do something.
0: Yeah. So Pepper and Coulson are gathering the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. Rhodes is heading over to Tony. But it's Dummy who actually... Saves his dad.
1: Yeah. Gives him the core so that Tony can take it, put it back, and get into the suit.
0: Yeah, it's that plant from earlier. The proof that Tony Stark Mm -hmm. had a heart. And this just got me again. It reminds me of when my sweet boy takes one of his toys and puts it in my lap. Although (laughs) those I don't really want. I could do without those. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Those are about as gross as going into Tony's chest.
0: Yes. Yes. I yeah, I would agree with that. Rhodes does eventually find Tony. He is still in rough shape despite having core inside, but Pepper is his priority. Yes. The biggest problem is that S.H.I.E.L.D. and Pepper don't know about Ironmonger.
1: No, they don't. They know that something is being built. They don't know just quite how big it is.
0: Yeah. The specs we had seen quickly didn't show us the whole story. Ironmonger obi suit is huge
1: yeah and again the perspective for this is very horror movie-esque like the initial reveal for the first iron man suit in the cave it's done in a similar fashion Mm -hmm. from the outsider's perspective and this time it's far more terrifying yes because we're seeing it from pepper's perspective
0: oh you mean from the perspective of the baby deer yeah in these fucking heels (laughs) Can we get this woman some proper footwear? I know, right?
1: How did she not fall flat on her face and Obadiah just didn't smash her down with one foot is, it's a miracle.
0: Yeah, and also, um, she's already 5'10 barefoot. Do we need to put her in three inch heels? Well, you have to put women in heels, otherwise they won't look sexy. Don't you know that? Jesus. My God, and (laughs) like I said, she's already 5'10". She's already taller than Robert Downey Jr. How many apple carts did we go through in this movie between her and Jeff Bridges?
1: I think that's why the budget for the movie was so high. (laughs) (laughs) It's not the CG.
0: (laughs) Yes, they went with uh, organic, artisan-made apple boxes.
1: Yes, and sturdy enough to last the entire shooting schedule.
0: Tony is on his way to them. However, that old core that he put in wasn't designed for flight, for like long-term flight like that. So he is losing juice fast.
1: Yes. It's an older design, less powerful, and the suit has a lot more capabilities that this core can't handle. So he's already at a disadvantage.
0: Right. And we see that in the next moment where Obadiah is stomping Tony like an elephant stomping its trainer <laughs>
1: <laughs> more like an elephant stomping a mouse
0: yeah it is rough
1: yeah it is but Tony still manages to
0: boom boom crash crash
1: <laughs> yeah that's fair that's fair yeah just sometimes words like that are perfect yeah
0: yeah so Tony has an ace in the hole here though he knows something Obi doesn't, and that's that Obi's suit is going to ice if they elevate too high.
1: Correct. And it's a smart move for Tony, not only because of the icing issue, but also because he could see clearly that Obi had no problem using people on the road, cars and other civilians as collateral damage. He says so. Mm-hmm. So his plan is to essentially get Obi up there Deactivate him and hopefully he falls down and crashes and burns.
0: Right. And we also have Rhodes dealing with this from the mission floor. At this point, I just assume that Rhodes lives in the hangar. He just has a bunk (laughs) somewhere because he's just always there. He hasn't even put on his uniform. He's just walking around the mission floor in jeans. Okay, sure. He must have a bunk in a closet somewhere, I assume. Probably. And Tony thinks he's finished Obadiah off, but not the case. And no. he's running out of power. And God, Obadiah here starts squeezing Tony like a python. Yeah. Oof,
1: that's rough. And the the sparks and the crushing. It's oh, but it's well done.
0: It is, and so is Tony needing Pepper to get the job done.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like this one bit during this fight sequence. Tony jumps onto Obadiah's back and he pulls out something uh, and then Obadiah's optical connection gets broken. But that part where Tony is on Obadiah's back, it reminded me a lot of Spider-Man. That's a very Spider-Man move.
0: Yes, you're right.
1: So Peppa does what she needs to do in order to overload the core, the big one.
0: Yes, while Tony is setting Obadiah up to be blown sky high with it.
1: Right. And of course, we get our villain monologue in that.
0: Of course, it's it's Jeff Bridges. You order a villain monologue when you hire Jeff Bridges.
1: <laughs> and at the right time, Peppa is ready to go. Tony is still in harm's way, but he still tells her, just blow it up.
0: Yeah. Blow the reactor, he's willing to sacrifice himself.
1: Yes. So she does. And Obadiah is destroyed, we think.
0: Yeah, destroyed, I think, is the right word because it's a little murky. It's he's neutralized, it's covered up with a, a nice cover yes. story.
1: Yeah, Shield does do that. Shield covers it up.
0: Yeah, one of Shield's many talents.
1: That's I think their primary talent. Yes. They put a shield in front of the truth.
0: Ha, uh, ha, uh, ha, uh, you are <laughs> tired. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> We're back preparing for another press conference. Colson provides mm-hmm. Tony with his quote unquote alibi that he never has any intention of saying.
1: I think he does for a moment, but then Tony is Tony. He can't not. Be in the limelight.
0: Yeah, I think he deludes himself into thinking that he considers it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he was trying to be the responsible adult. That didn't work. (laughs) Rarely does. Yep.
0: And you know, you can always count on Pepper to throw a metaphorical like glass of cold water in Tony's face Mm -hmm. because he totally forgot he left her alone on the roof. Right. (laughs) She's not letting him off the hook for it either
1: yeah but she's not like nagging him about it either
0: right which is worse trust me in a relationship <laughs> she's getting all the points for that she's getting extra points for not being mad about it because now he's got to feel extra guilty hmm that's how it works trust me yeah nine years yeah, yeah uh-huh.
1: <laughs> I'll take your word for it
0: <laughs>
1: yeah clearly shit's been going down <laughs>
0: So Tony gets up to the podium and he just can't help himself declares that people have started, you know, calling him a superhero of sorts. He's like, "Nobody called you a superhero." Well, yeah, yeah, well.
1: And again, it was Christine who was seeing right through his bullshit.
0: Yes. And when he says, "I am Iron Man." Christine's the only one who's not surprised.
1: Yeah. She's the only one who's sitting there calmly while everyone loses their fucking mind. And that is the line that started it all.
0: Yes. Yeah, there will be no secret identities for Tony Stark.
1: Nope. And he wants it that way.
0: Oh yeah, no question.
1: And with that, we finally reach the post-credits scene of the movie where we meet Nick Fury for the first time. And he tells Tony that he wants to recruit him for the Avengers initiative.
0: There was an idea. Mm -hmm. But Tony's not quite mature enough yet to play with the rest of the team.
1: Yeah, well, that's something we will get to in the second movie, which we've already covered.
0: Yes, yes. That concludes our (laughs) re-re-redo on 2008's (laughs) Iron Man.
1: We want to thank all of you who stuck with us through the past year as we've learned and grown both as people and podcasters.
0: We couldn't have made it this far without your support and we're going to be working hard to keep bringing you guys the best content possible.
1: So join us on Wednesday as we break down episode three of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier.
0: In the meantime, if you have something to add, find us on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram at MarvelMadams.
1: And visit us at theMarvelousMadams.com. where Infinity Stones are a girl's best friend.
0: I didn't even try lassoing her this time. I didn't want to go back the, for the leash. I just started throwing treats at her. <laughs> and eventually she cared more about the treats. I'm like behind the tree. I'm in front of the tree. She's behind the tree playing her games. And I just start hurling treats at her. Just trying to get her to put the poo down.
1: <laughs> you know, whenever you say you're trying to lasso her, well, I actually picture you with a cowboy hat and a lasso going,
0: <laughs> giddy up. <laughs>